How can this be? Podcast, I'm back again. I'm just churning and burning out that content, baby. We love to see it. Love to see it. I'm on a great uh, Wednesday, Friday uh, posting schedule here with the pods. I've been ripping up my keyboard with my fingers, typing up blogs. Got a lot of good stuff going on. The HCTB brand is flying high, baby. Flying high. This is the most consistent I've ever been with it. And I'm going to keep it that way. So, um, you know, really excited about uh, what we got going on here. Um, You know, thanks for tuning in as always um i was looking at the looking at the download stats today and getting people downloading places where i don't know anybody so that's pretty cool um the oklahomas of the world the the carolinas both north and south uh france somehow i got 10 people downloading episodes in france uh justin lang and the and the french connection over here um, uh, I don't know if I just said St. Lucia, uh, got one there, a couple in Canada, a bunch in, um, you know, the Midwest, Iowa, Wyoming, Colorado. I don't know how these people found it, but Hey, if you're listening from one of those States, shoot me a DM. I'll, uh, I'm, I'm working on getting some apparel cause you know, I'm, I'm this big time podcaster over here i I gotta you know have apparel i'm like i'm like uh, i'd I'd probably say i'm like the rihanna or jay-z of um you know small market uh podcasting within southern new hampshire um that started during you know the pandemic i'm at least in the i'm at least in the top five i'd have to say in that demographic so um you know thanks for Thanks for joining me, as always. Um, you know, I was supposed to have a supposed to have a guest tonight, but you know, some things kind of fell through. I'm I'm leaving for a trip tomorrow, so we just kind of pushed it to next week. Not a big deal. Uh, he'll be back on, so we, uh, you know, we got we got some story time coming, which will be a lot of fun because um, the dude that I I got coming on is is gonna really. Uh, got a really good tale to him a lot of good tales well traveled um you know coach hoops coach baseball played college baseball worked for college hoops teams um you know in in college so um you know we, we got a lot of got a lot of stories that we can uh you know kind of kind of get through there so um i was kind of you know got to figuring out what i'm going to talk about so um, you know, one thing I, I, I wanted to do for a long time is, is kind of tell my story. Um, cause I myself have an interesting tale. And when I kind of, when I repurposed this whole, um, you know, pod, podcast here, um, after the, the couple month hiatus, I was like, what do I want to do with this? What, what direction can we go in? Like, I didn't want to be, 
one of those blowhard basketball guys who had people come on so that he could act like he knows a lot about basketball and, you know, just isn't interesting at all to the general public. You know, I, I was never one of those guys that, you know, you, you go to the – you go to the final four every year and everybody has the same conversations with everybody. Oh yeah. 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 Coach, coach, what's going on, man. Great to see you. Great to see you. When'd you get in? Oh yeah. 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 No, I, I got in yesterday. Yeah. 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 What, what airline'd you fly? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, uh, you took JetBlue. Yeah. I took Delta. Yeah. I took Delta and yeah. Did you have a layover? Did you come straight here? Oh yeah. I, I had a layover, you know, saved myself a couple hundred bucks. So Figured I had to do the layover, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, 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 no, so, where, where, where are you staying? Oh, you're at the, the Hyatt Regency? Yeah, no, I'm over at the Holiday Inn Express. Yeah, 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 no, it, cheapest option, you know, just trying to trying to save a couple bucks, you know what I mean? So, yeah, 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 yeah. Who, who are you staying with? You staying with anybody? Oh, by yourself, that's nice. Yeah, that's awesome. No, that, shit, I... Man, if I, I'll tell you, like, finally just got it down to two people. We got two beds, me and uh, me and my buddy over here from University of God knows what. Um, you know, we're we're crashing at uh, over at the the Holiday Inn Express, but you know, used to pack four or five guys in the room and and hope for the best. So, you know, this is this is great for me. Yeah, yeah. How, how'd you guys do this year? Did you guys do all right? Yeah, you know, t- tough year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. We've all been there, man. I mean, uh, we had our first good year in, in you know, the last five this year. I mean, hoo-wee. Gee whiz. We had some nail biters, but uh, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, um, it, it was great to great to win a couple games. How's your, how's your class coming in next year? You guys going to be, you guys going to improve? You guys got, got a lot of dudes coming in? What, what do you got going on there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, dude, I loved him. Loved him. Yeah, no. We were gonna, you know, we were gonna offer him, but if, you know, I I don't know. We just, it just didn't, didn't, didn't seem like the right fit. Oh, yeah, who else? Who else got coming in? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've heard of him. Heard of him. Good, good little player. Yeah, he's gonna play minutes for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. How's, how's your boss doing? Boss doing all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard good things. You know, I, how how is he to work for? Oh, yeah, yeah. Good, 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 good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm over here with, uh, with my boss. I gotta run back. You know, I, I got, I got our beers here. You know, gotta run back. <laughs> Don't want him to fire me for not getting my beer over there quick enough. So, <laughs> but good to see you. Yeah, I'll talk to you. You, you want, you want to go to the strip club later? Yeah, 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 no, I'll, I'll definitely see you there. Meanwhile, you don't fucking see him, like, ever again, or, you know, they're like, oh, look at this jack-off here. So, you know, that, that's kind of pretty much how every conversation goes at the Final Four, because you just meet so many, so many dudes that love the smell of their own farts and find themselves so important. You know, every conversation's the same, and you're always fighting an uphill battle because they always think they're better than you if you're if they're at a higher level. You know, so um, uh, I've never been one of those guys that's that's wanted to just you know talk 
hoops all the time. Like I would work camps every every summer in Pennsylvania. And I would at least try to impose a hey, we're cutting off basketball talk at this time because you wrap up for the day, you're miserable, you're chafing, you ran out of gold bond, or you forgot to put it on, so your chafing's really bad. But by the time you put it back on, it's too late. It's a whole thing. You're you're miserable. The kids that you coached on your team were dickheads because you know they're high major players playing for some guy that coaches at a shitbag Division two, II, Division three school. So they don't think you know shit. So it's a lot easier once you accept that these kids don't really care what you have to say to them and just try to have a good time. So. You know, working 15, 16 hours, you kind of just don't want to fucking talk about basketball anymore. Like, everybody who does is just, I mean, come on. Ugh. Like, I don't want to break out the pepper shakers and talk about ball screen coverage in my fucking free time. All right? You know? Uh, so, dudes I, I would hang out with there were always really, really pretty much on the same page as I was like you, you just run out of steam with that shit after a little while uh during the day so you know I, I used to spend a lot of time with uh shout out to my my boy Greg Van Pelt uh GVP and I used to spend a lot of time trying to enforce this rule Tyler Schlegel um you know we're all kind of out of hoops and in, in real life now more or less so we always tried to enforce that rule, but uh, I I didn't I wasn't one of those guys that thought I was important. And I'm really really excited about the possibility of coaches wearing like quarter zips on the sidelines now because listen, I've I've been railing against it here for the last about 30 seconds. We're not we're not doctors okay we're not super important we're basketball coaches we teach a sport and run around a gym in sweatpants athletic shorts for two to three hours a day and like we're, we're not out there mining coal you know we're not expected to to perform brain surgery or, or cure cancer like I'm, I'm not gonna pretend that it's all that hard. It's time consuming, yeah. And if you have a horrible boss, which I've had, uh, I'm going to tell this tale in parts. So that one will probably be part two or part three, maybe, depending on how much I shake out of the old cobwebs here. Um, but I've, I've worked for a colossal dickhead at one point. Um, and he was completely oblivious to the fact that he was a colossal dickhead. And the other two dudes that I, I coached for were, you know, pretty good. I didn't have any issues with him. I'm still, still really close with, uh, with one of my old bosses. Like, we didn't leave on, on bad terms at, by any stretch of the imagination. We left because I was moving back to New Hampshire to get married. That's the only reason I left. I would have been, I would have still been kicking around down there and, fucking Connecticut if I hadn't so 
um you know shout out to shout out to Koontz uh if you, if you listen to this um so a little bit of the origin story of me so I didn't always know I wanted to be like a basketball coach like basketball was never my primary sport growing up I was a baseball player I was better at baseball but I mean that's not anything to write home about I I I'm throwing up air quotes while I says I played Legion for a year uh aka I was on the team I played the non-district games and I, I kept the book because our team was pretty good and I was not one of the top nine so you know, I was I was a baseball player. I played soccer too, but, you know, soccer was a distant third. Um, and I played hoops in high school. I was the only male three-sport athlete in my high school. Sick brag. Shout out. Jay Lang, what's up? Athleticism. Hello. Good to see you. So I didn't always know I wanted to be like a basketball coach. I had, good, I had great basketball IQ. You know, I knew what was going on, but... It kind of started, so I, you know, I was a kid growing up. I loved, loved sports. Um, my dad was really into into sports. My brother played too. My my brother and I kind of had uh, sort of different sports paths. He played baseball. He didn't play basketball in high school. And he played golf, and I played soccer, basketball, and baseball. Our paths were just a lot different. You know, he was six years younger than me. I'm 31. He's just turned 26. So, you know, he's we're at that almost almost six years um, difference there. So, you know, we we had different experiences growing up. I was more athletic centric. He was, you know, he was different. He was way different than I was. So, um, it's crazy. You can grow up under the same roof as somebody and just have a completely different experience than they did um, just based on how far apart you are, you know? Um, But yeah, so born, um, you know, over on the seacoast of New Hampshire. um, I uh, first, first year of my life or most of the first year of my life, I should say, I lived in Cedar waters, nudist colony in Nottingham, New Hampshire. Um, my dad, uh, was a big time nudist until the day that he passed away in 2011. So, uh, like, I I shit you not. It's not like he, oh yeah, you know, I I wish I was naked, yada, yada, yada. Like I'd be at his house and he'd just be like paying bills in the nude, his hog just flapping in the breeze like a flag on top of a sailboat caught in a squall on the high seas. And after a while, you know, you just kind of get used to it. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's not like dad just walked out of the shower, walked across the uh, the hallway to his bedroom and, you know, got dressed like he was in a gym locker room or whatever. It was like, oh, yeah, let's get out of the shower and I'm going to walk around naked for the next hour or two fucking air dry I don't know I don't know and you know my mom definitely not a nudist uh probably the exact opposite uh I I always say uh, you know my parents are divorced 
uh, or were divorced, obviously. Um, my dad is now deceased. But um, I just doesn't make any sense how they, uh, you know, their, their personalities were exact opposites. And I kind of got, it's weird. Like, obviously, like what I'm about to say is not, uh, not fucking rocket science. Uh, but, you know, you get both the best and worst parts of each of your parents. And I can talk like my dad. Um, my brother always says I'm like a salesman, very salesy. And he's, he's far more, you know, handsy than I am. He's able to like, you know, do, uh, manual tasks a lot better than I am. Um, and then, you know, I, I have my, uh, I have my mom's, uh, I would say my mom's work ethic and academic drive. So, um, you know, ended up with two degrees, probably wouldn't have if, if it weren't for my mom and, and I'll give my dad some credit too. Cause he, uh, I was, I was born into a legacy family in the small seacoast town of Newmarket, New Hampshire. Um, I graduated from high school with 89 kids, which is a shockingly low number. Uh, my wife's class, she went to Went to, I think, one of the two or second or third, fourth largest high school in New Hampshire. Um, And she was like, yeah, I had like 400 in just my class, 450 in just my class. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I didn't even have that many in my entire high school. We only had, you know, 350. So um, and it's weird growing up as a legacy kid in a small town like Newmarket, New Hampshire is not. And I repeat, not a booming metropolis. There's not new citizens moving in there. There's not skyscrapers going up. It is what it is. Yeah. They've updated some restaurants and, beautified parts of town and and whatnot but you know it's what it is now is pretty much it's apex at the moment and it's tough to be a kid in that type of environment um when most of your relatives are dickheads like oy vey i mean my my paternal side of my family, um, like my dad's immediate siblings, parents, uh, what have you, and then some of my uh, some of his his cousins, because my my grandfather was one of I don't know eight nine something like that. So everybody's got a shitload of kids. Nobody ever leaves. Nobody goes anywhere. Just, it's like a vicious circle. Everybody turns into an alcoholic and fucking works a a blue collar job in town and whatever. So, um, I have a lot of, a lot of shitty relatives that I don't care for. I mean, I, I have some that I, that I do like, you know, the ones that 
I invited to my wedding. I like them, you know, and then obviously there are some that I'm, you know, just not close with that are that are still like, you know, still nice, still good people and, and whatnot that, you know, I do I do consort with, um, you know, from time to time. So, um, you know, I mean, shit, me and me and my cousin dogs from the same litter. Um, so like she, she and I hadn't talked in a long time since, since my dad passed, I hadn't seen her, I don't think. And, you know, we, uh, we got a chance to catch up a little bit and, and bond with our, our dogs, uh, a few months back. So, um, you know, that's, uh, that was, that was pretty good, you know, see, see her and, and such. So, um, you know, there, there are some people that I'm related to that I do care for that are, you know, that are fine. Like I, I absolutely be all right with spending time around them, but um, like my uncle, no thanks, all set. My grandfather, probably the worst person ever from Newmarket, New Hampshire. I say it pretty much every episode now, it feels like. But, um, you know, that, that's kind of a little bit of, uh, of, the, of the onion there. I can get into it a little bit more, um, but, you know, I'll probably save those for another time I uh you know I gotta have content right so um you know I got to high school trying to figure it out trying to play trying to play sports trying to be like a like a good athlete um you know and hopefully play like baseball in college guess what spoiler alert played one year of club at UNH when I got there, I used the term played very loosely. Um, kind of decided I'd rather be a college student than sit on the bench and not participate in the games all the time. So kind of moved on from there. I mean, a lot of it was probably my own fault, you know didn't put in as much time as I should have to be successful, which, which sucks, you know, thinking back on, like I could have been much better, but I was 18 and stupid. And I liked going out to frat parties and having cocktails and, you know, smoking weed with my, uh, with my, my college friends. So, you know, I I had other priorities at that point in my life. And, you know, I was I was working for the the UNH basketball team too. You know, my uh, a guy from my hometown was uh, the ops guy there. Um, that's a crazy story too. Um, my uh, you know he he knew my dad like because he was a long time uh, Newmarket resident as well, so he knew my dad really well and. Asked him at senior awards night, my senior high school, if I'd like to help out with the basketball team when I got to UNH in the fall. And I took him up on it. And, you know, it was good. Good experience. I mean, it was it was fine. I was definitely, um, you know, it's weird. Like, I was I was a student manager. You know, let's, let's not get it twisted. I wasn't a student assistant. I wasn't, you know, doing uh, basketball work. I was rebounding. I was handing water out to the players. I was addressing the envelope so our assistants could send out the film exchange. I was doing all the fuck jobs. And, you know, 
pretty self-explanatory name. You call them that because when they say, hey, can you do this? You go, oh, fuck. That sucks. So did all the fuck jobs. Um, when I was there, I started a blog. Like, I've always wanted to blog. Like, growing up, I really wanted to be a sports writer or, you know, uh, basically do this on the radio. Like, podcasting wasn't a thing. Um, you know, be on the radio or, or TV or something. But, like, I didn't have the tools to do it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start a blog. So, started a blog. I called it Sweaty Towels because I was a, a student manager. And it was, you know, pretty good. Like, I, I you know, I, was, I talked about my experience. I was kind of uh, inspired by this blog I was reading called America Least, which followed America East Basketball. And then they picked up on it, and then I got reprimanded by the staff telling me I could either be a manager or I could write a blog, but not both, and I needed to delete it right away if I still wanted to be part of the program. And being young, dumb, and impressionable, I did exactly that. How did that work out for me? Well, I had to find my own basketball coaching job despite asking for help from them when I graduated from college. Mind you, I worked my balls off, my balls off for free, for free. Hold on. I don't know if I explained that clearly enough. I didn't get paid or compensated in any way to be a student manager when I was in college. None. That's it. And I was essentially just cast aside into the trash from there. So thanks. And, you know, I, like I said, I worked for the team. It was a good experience. I learned some stuff. I was good at, at being a manager. You know, I was consistent and whatever. I was there for fucking free. So pretty much anything I did was a, a, a help to the program. But, you know, still get yelled at in those situations, whatever. So... That's kind of how that that shook out for me there. And, you know, I kind of kind of moved away from the whole blogging thing for a long time, actually. And I didn't get it back until, you know, probably probably last year, 2019, maybe sometime around then. And which is over a decade now that I think about it, how long that was between when I started my first blog and when I started my second blog, you know. So, um, you know, I've always wanted to kind of do this sort of lifestyle blogging, podcasting, comedy stuff for a while. Um, and I just didn't follow what I was passionate about. I became a basketball coach instead. And I thought it was going to be a lot easier than it actually was. Spoiler alert. Not easy at all. So I, I sent my resume via mail to any new staff, anybody looking for a GA, anybody like that. And most of them didn't respond. Some of them just sent me an email saying, no, not interested. Um, I even uh, applied to be a GA with the brother of the head coach that I 
worked uh, for at UNH and, you know, kind of kind of how it shook out for me. Not great. But, um, you know, I, I found one. Uh, it was a $3,500 stipend assistant job at Plymouth State University in Plymouth, New Hampshire. So I, to make this work, had to work in landscaping. I had to, I was a substitute teacher. I was a paraprofessional for a stint. I did all sorts of stuff that didn't pay all that much money. The best that I enjoyed, the one that I enjoyed the best, excuse me, was the landscaping. My boss was cool. I, you know, just got to wear my headphones and, and weed whack or lay down mulch or mow the lawn, what have you. And I uh, had, had an apartment up there to myself uh, my first year. I was um, dating a girl at the time, not my current wife, um, who was just terrible in retrospect, I don't know why I tried to make this work, but it didn't. And here we are. Things are better for your boy. As a result, you live and you learn. So I moved up there. The original plan was she was going to move up with me. She didn't move up with me. So I was left to my own devices. She was living in Kittery, Maine. We kind of grew apart. Didn't see each other but for the weekends. And... Then I went and worked basketball camp between year one and year two at Plymouth. And she started sleeping around on me with a guy that was a friend of mine. So um, that kind of was a little eye-opening for me. And, you know, it, it was an interesting experience getting up to Plymouth. I worked for a dude named Andrew Novick. Very good X's and O's dude. Um, smart, smart guy, very nice guy. Um, you know, he was only part-time himself, so there wasn't a lot of money in the program. We had to make do with, with not having as many resources as the other teams we played against. It's a place that's difficult to win games. Um, when you are, uh, you know, college basketball in and of itself is difficult to win games. When you're full-time and you have resources, you know, much less – when you're not full-time and you don't have resources. So, um, you know, I, he does a great job. He's been there for a long time now. He's been there for like 10 years now. I don't know how he does it. Um, you know, he commutes over there from, uh, from, from Portland, Maine. It's a long drive. So, you know, I mean, shit, he's, he's kind of figured it out lately. You know, I didn't know my ass from my elbow when I got into it. I thought I thought it was going to be way easier than it was, and it was not. I was like, you know what? You know, came from a Division One school as a manager. If I do this for a year or two, like, maybe I can get a, a you know, a support staff job and kind of work my way up the ladder from there. I don't know if I can emphasize enough how terrible of a thought process and plan that was. Oh, man, buddy. Oh, if I could go back and look at 22 to 24-year-old me. <laughs> oh, man, you have so much to learn, young Justin. Jesus, 
pal. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of, kind of what I was hoping would happen. And it just didn't, it just didn't. So I stayed there for one year and then I looked for more jobs. Couldn't find it. Came back second year. We were better. Um, still couldn't get a job to save my life. You know, I, I was trying, I, I interviewed at a school in Dallas, Pennsylvania called Misericordia University. The only reason I knew that the school existed was because, you know, one of my friends from, from Legion, from growing up, longtime friend, um, Chris Tuttle played baseball there. So he hooked me up with the, the GA job and I didn't get it. Um, you know, they, they told me that they didn't want to get into new England. They wanted to get in down South or whatever. I mean, the guy was from like Maryland. So like, it wasn't even that f- much further South from Pennsylvania. So I don't know what the hell they're talking about, but Hey, I think this guy figured it out. And the, the head coach there figured it out, ended up at like the university of Scranton on the women's side. And now he's like the head coach of the Bucknell women or whatever. But the guy he picked over me ended up in rehab by Christmas. And he was, you know, without an assistant. And here I was toiling away in central New Hampshire, living in a condo with a couple of the women's lacrosse assistants who I was, you know, very good friends with. Um, and you know, I didn't know what to do. I was like, shit, should I just get out or whatever? And, you know, I, I interned the summer for, uh, you know, the, the summer that I got, uh, stepped out on by my ex. I got, I, I was interning at the hoop group in, in Pennsylvania and I couldn't even get them to put me on camp staff for, um, for like to, to coach the following year. Cause I wasn't, uh, you know, deemed, uh, you know, a priority or whatever until I, uh, I mentioned him earlier, uh, Greg Van Pelt, he and I were, were very good friends and I texted him jokingly and I said, Hey, I'm, uh, I'm coming down to, uh, to recruit tomorrow you uh want to hit up the strip club and he said hey you should text ashley who is in charge of staff and camp she's scrambling for a coach there were too many kids or one coach short they need somebody by like 10 o'clock tomorrow and it was 10 p.m and I was in fucking central New Hampshire. I was in Plymouth, New Hampshire, Holderness, technically the house I lived in at the time, but uh, I had to be in, if I wanted to do it, I had to be in Reading, Pennsylvania for fucking 10 AM the next day. So I was like, uh, yeah, I'll do it. Like I'm trying, like, yeah, I mean, you gotta think like you think back like, oh yeah, you know, you're not making a ton of money, but you're trying to make it. It's like, oh yeah, it's a labor of love. You got to really pour, you're going to get into it. You're going to get out of it what you put into it. And like, listen with most things. Yeah, that's the case with basketball. Absolutely not. The more you put into it, the more people will take advantage of you. That's how that works in hoops. 
So I had an opportunity to work this camp. So I texted, um, I texted the girl Ashley and said, Hey, Ash, like uh, Greg tells me you're looking for a camp coach. Like I'm available. I'll come down if you need me. She goes, yes. When can you get here? I was like, I'll try to be there as soon as possible. She goes, great. So I run downstairs. I hop in the shower. I pack a bag. It takes me like two hours just to get to like the Worcester area, right? So I'm like gassed. It's like one or two in the morning at this point. I have to stop, take a nap at a rest stop for like an hour and a half. Get back in the car. Drive another fucking God knows how long, many hours. I probably slept for like 90 minutes and then I had to drive another seven hours, right? So it's like 3.30 in the morning. I'm cruising through Western Mass. I'm like trying to stay awake. I've got Red Bull. I've got coffee. I've got gum. I've got, you know, the music blaring. I'm doing anything that's going to keep me awake. I'm like still nodding off behind the wheel, whatever. I finally get down there and... This dude heard this story. Oh, wow. It's great that he drove all the way down here on a whim just to help out a friend because they needed a camp coach. And like Ashley worked in the office when I interned there the summer before. So she and I got to know each other pretty well. So I was just trying to, you know, do right by her because she was nice and I, I figured I'd help her out. And that is where my basketball experience changed dramatically. So, let me dramatically clear my throat for you. I then became a camp coach there for the rest of the summer. And... I had a great time, a lot of fun, you know, I I learned a lot, I grew a lot, and at the end of it, you know, I got hired by this dude at Rhode Island College, and I'm, oh man, what an experience that was, my god, Uh, it, it was, it was, I learned a lot. Uh, all of these were lessons for me. This one, mostly negative. I learned more about how not to run a program and how not to be a basketball coach from this guy than I learned how to be a good basketball coach. So that kind of, you know, backfired taking this job. Uh, Like, I took the job because looking at it, and I talked about this a little bit with, uh, you know, with MJ a couple episodes ago, uh, the experience at at RIC. Um, the guy that hired me was first year there. Like I was under the impression it was gonna be like the guy that had just left to go coach at UMaine. Uh, guy by the name of Bob Walsh, very good coach, had a unbelievably successful basketball tenure at Rick. They went to eight NCAA tournaments in his nine years there. He won 204 games, 
he lost like 62 in nine years. Like they were dominant. They were the toast of the conference, like bar none. Like they were the preeminent Division Three state school program in New England. The gym, the facility we had, my God, to die for. That was a Division One gym, like probably low-level Division One gym, better than the one that I went to college and we played in when I was in college. So I thought the good times were just going to roll, right? And I moved down there. It's about this time of year, right around, I forget the exact date that I started down there, but it was right around then when I moved down, right around now when I moved down there. And first night, I'm like, I'm, I'm moving all day. I'm packing up. I got to drive three and a half, four hours with traffic down to Providence from Plymouth. You know, not an easy drive. And I, I got a, a U-Haul with my car on the back of it and, and whatnot. I get down there, I unpack, <laughs> I, I showed up, my my uh, my roommate there was was passed out on, on a beanbag, um, you know, my old old pal of mine, a lot of war stories that he and I have had together, passed out on, on these beanbag chairs, got uh, One Tree Hill blaring on the TV, middle of the day, uh, you know, jug of Carlo Rossi wine on the table. <laughs> like this is this is the life you live as a as a college basketball uh assistant coach. Uh you buy the cheapest liquor and alcohol possible. You watch whatever you can find on TV and you sleep any type of hours you can when you don't have to work. So I moved all my shit in. I'm exhausted. I was out drinking the night before. You know, just standard 24-year-old dude things, right? And my boss takes me out to uh, to dinner. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is cool. Like, we go out for seafood, go to a nice spot on the water in East Greenwich, yada, yada, yada. Go to you know hang out with a couple of his his coaching buddies i passed out on the floor not drunk just tired i probably had i don't know three drinks over the course of like five six hours um we go back to his house he drove out there my car is at his house he proceeds to motherfuck me in the living room of his house at like you know you think oh this may be like eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. Nope. Probably like two, two thirty in the morning. Yeah. So I had to listen to that telling me he should have hired somebody else should have hired, uh, multiple dudes. I wasn't his first choice. He hired somebody else that took a better job and he was stuck with me because nobody else would take it. And, you know, he should have hired somebody that he was recommended to from a coaching buddy of his, who's, a knob. I know the guy. Um, so uh, to to give you an idea of the um, the type of guy that he was talking about, uh, I ran into him. Oh yeah, hey, how'd you do this year? Do you guys have a good season? Uh, no, we did okay. But you know what? We we're really developing and we're really starting to to see the fruits 
of our recruiting labor. And he said this to my face. I just looked at him dumbfounded and I said, hey, man, don't ever say that sentence to me again, please. Thanks. And <laughs> I I was like, wow, what a blowhard this guy is. So I, I proceeded to get yelled at. I had to come in the next day. Uh, mind you, I'm 24 years old. I'm like, what the fuck? I just picked up, picked up my entire goddamn life and moved to Rhode Island on a whim. And I'm like, what the fuck did I get myself into? Like, I, I had a good thing going, living in living in Plymouth, great house, roommates I enjoyed. We had fun. Like, it was fun. And, like, I moved into this apartment that was a disaster when my roommate got there because it was a month-to-month place and people were just, like, cycling in and out uh, that were, were athletes. It was just, like, grime and dust everywhere. It was, like, not, not great. And I was like, fuck. I had a pool in Plymouth. Like, what the fuck am I doing now? So I go in the next day. He's like, oh, wait, we'll, we'll keep that between us, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> yeah, right. I thought that was going to be the only, the only time that happened. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not at all. So I had just kind of gotten used to working for a dickhead when I was in Providence and the good times did not keep rolling from the Walsh years Uh, came in right away wanted to prove how much better of a coach he was than Bob Walsh and he wasn't and like I I knew that going into it like I mean uh, I listened to him like talk about himself at length he would talk about the AD, like the AD uh, would act like he invented basketball and athletics. But like at the same time, you know, my boss was uh, doing the, the same exact thing, like talking about how fucking great and wonderful he was and and such. And, you know, I bought into it uh, for, for a little bit there. But in the back of my mind, I was like, there's something wrong with this. And I don't 100% know what it is, I can't quite put my finger on it, but I can't say anything either because if I say something, then I'm going to get blackballed from being a college basketball coach, and that's not what I want either. And I'm, I'm 24. I'm stupid. Like, I thought, like, this is how the world works. I just got to, like, put up with this guy's bullshit. Turns out not all basketball coaches act like that. You know, there are some very normal guys who... Now, don't get me wrong, there are a lot of assholes, but there are, like, a lot of very normal guys who just like to coach hoops and like to do it for the right reasons and such, and this dude didn't give a fuck about anybody other than himself, your classic, uh, I'm gonna take all the credit when we win, and I'm gonna blame everybody else but my, but myself when we lose, all right? So that's kind of the existence I lived for two years there and, you know, I'll kind of, I'll kind of wrap up a little bit, a little bit that put a bow on that um, pick up at a, another time because I've just droned on and on about this for about 50 minutes now. I don't want to 
keep you guys listening to me forever. Um, but I'll, I'll definitely do a part two of this where I will tell a little bit more of, uh, my, my Rick experience and, um, my, my post experience, you know, um, my, my Plymouth experience was, was fine. You know, it was, it was all right. You know, I coached some, some dudes, uh, one of which is a, a college coach now who, um, you know, it was one of the, like one of your classic, oh man, I'd rather score 25 points and us lose by 30 than score two points and have us win by 10 type of guys like, oh, it wasn't my fault. I scored all the points, yada, yada, yada. Had a couple guys, like several guys like that actually when I first got there and they weren't all dudes that uh, my boss brought in. They kind of predated him and you know, those are just not the type of guys you can win with. And one of them even said we, we literally played a, an ECAC game so that he could score a thousand points because he was too shy and he barely showed up. He barely made it. And then afterwards said, you know, I didn't even want to play this game today. I just wanted to hang it up and not play again because he was a senior. And it was like, yo, man. You can't say that when we only played this fucking game for you. You know? Like, we played this so you could score a 1,000 points, get your name on a fucking banner, and then you slap us in the face like that. Um, you know, so that that was a, a reasonably pedestrian experience. I, I, I figured a lot of stuff out there. And, you know... Then I ended up at Rick, like I said, and I'll get into more of those tales at a, at another time. But, um, you know, I hope you enjoyed listening to this. I hope you got something out of it. I know everybody that does a basketball podcast wants to talk about all the sunshine and rainbows of their basketball playing or sorry, playing basketball coaching experience, and you know how great and wonderful it was, and and how much. Like it, it, they were a leader of men and talk about all this culture and happy horse shit and whatnot. And just like, it's just not like that at all. <laughs> In my experience, at least, you know, I had a hard road. A lot of people get easier roads. My dad delivered oil and was a carpenter and worked construction for a living. I didn't have a dad fucking in basketball I wasn't born on fucking third base like some dudes whose dads are in the business and fucking just hand them everything I had to fucking work for it and it didn't get me very far all things considered I couldn't get anybody to help me either because they were so fucking selfish you know I bust my balls for them for fucking years and what do I have to show for? I don't even work in basketball anymore. So I guess you could say I'm a little bit of a jaded fuck when it comes to my basketball experience. But I promise you, I am a way, way, way more fun person to hang out with than this podcast episode would lead you to believe. But hey, informative nonetheless. Sometimes you got to hear the ugly side um, rather than just the, the fucking the happy horse shit um, like you hear on on some of these low-level knobs podcasts, like one dude that tried to put me on blast the other day on on Instagram. 
uh, and Twitter that I got texts about from like a million people because they all think this guy's a clown. And, you know, I'm just not. And I'm like, yeah, well, like he can he can be a clown. Like uh, he's talking about how I like waste time thinking about him. Like, hey, man, <laughs> I don't think about you at all. So kind of the, uh, the experience there. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you more details. I'll give you more stories, uh, some more, some more fun stuff, some nicer stuff, some more happy stuff. You know, I'll have a couple good guests on next week. Um, lining some up. You want to come on, shoot me a DM, shoot me a text, whatever. You know, I'll be happy to have you on. We can figure out something to talk about. If you got an interesting story, I want to hear about it. I'm an interesting stories type of guy. That's all I really care about. I don't give a shit about fucking, like I said, the pepper shakers. Give me your, give me your interesting tales. That's what I want to hear. So, um, but I'll, I'll wrap it up now. You know, a couple, uh, couple orders of business. I I got, uh, I wrote a shitload of blogs this week as of this recording, uh, which I'm, I'm recording on August 19th. Uh, it's Thursday. I've written four this week, wrote one last week. Um, but all sorts of different stuff. You know, if there's something you want to see me write about, tell me what it is. I'll see if I can write about it. You know, I, I don't have like a, a forte I'm trying to find my voice still, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm writing about anything and everything because I can create a narrative out of pretty much anything. So you give me some slop and I'll fucking, I'll fucking figure it out. I'll make chicken salad out of chicken shit. All right. So, but yeah, no, check those out. How can this be dot blog, um, you know, download this podcast, subscribe, download, rate and review, share it, please. For the love of God, share it. That's what I need. I'm trying to grow this thing, baby. Trying to grow it. Trying to be a big time podcasting maven. So you know, share it, help me out a little bit. All right. Um, you know, I promise I'll, I'll keep bringing you good content for free. This is primo shit. I'm, I'm fucking shilling here and it's all for free, baby. So you better enjoy it. Take advantage now for I'm fucking the big swinging dick at the cracker factory. So, um, it's about all I've got. Uh, follow me on, on Twitter and Instagram at jlang20. Follow the pod on Instagram and Twitter at HCTBpod. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much all I got for you. Oh, uh, two things happened this week worth noting. Uh, the dream is over for Tim Tebow uh, playing football. He got cut from the Jags. Tough break. Oh, well. Should have seen that coming. Um, he hasn't played football in like seven years before this year. He's playing minor league baseball. Like just doesn't have it anymore. He's not a quarterback. He's trying to be a tight end. Go back to doing the whole college game day thing, Tim. You were good at that. So, um, so there's that. And, uh, only fans announced, uh, that they were going to stop allowing sexually explicit material on their site so a tough break for all y'all making a living on that my my heart is with you uh my thoughts and prayers are with you and talk about really torpedoing my next great money maker i had all these i just got a pedicure 
I, I got all these nice, beautiful feet picks ready to roll on the interweb. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, you know, tough break for uh, for the OnlyFans crowd. I hope you find another way to 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 make up the the loss, the deficit there that that you get. Um, you know, from them shutting her down. So, um, yeah, anyway, that's all I got for you. Thanks for tuning in. Um, you know, this, uh, this episode will be live, hot, in your speakers. And hear me say that. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, thanks for, thanks for tuning in. I can't say it enough. Um, you know, I'll uh, see you next week. Bye.